0: So. All right, let's go ahead and get started. We got the what is this number? Number five that we're doing together of the three AM Coney. We've done some uh, done some some side quests with uh, Greg Hand and some in, interviews with Bengals people, and we will continue to do that. But we are we are number five, week number five here, coming into uh, hopefully what's going to be football season. Oh, and you. <laughs> Before you start talking and saying anything, you told me before we even started that you had a fight with a 10-year-old, and you weren't going to tell me until we got onto the podcast?
1: Don't put it that way, okay? I I didn't have a – I had a a little verbal uh, battle with a 10-year-old, so.
0: (laughs) A battle. That sounds
1: Well, I – like, listen, I was helping organize, coach a birthday party because the kids wanted to play flag football, basketball, whatever, whole shebang, and he comes in decked head to toe LSU gear. He walks in, and, you know, I see the LSU gear. I'm really friendly. I'm like, oh, man, LSU. I'm like, Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, LSU. And he goes, ah, he sucks now. He's with the Bengals. And immediately I was triggered. And I was like, and I didn't say anything because it was the start of it. We get back upstairs, and I'm like, so why do you think Joe Burrow and the Bengals suck now? He's like, he has no wide receivers. None. There's no wide receivers in Cincinnati. I'm like, no wide receivers? What about A.J. Green? He's like, well, A.J. Green's really hurt. And I was like, mm. all right, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Auden Tate, these guys. Uh, and he's like, eh, the offensive line sucks. I'm like, well, I, yeah, I guess. But LSU's offensive line sucked too. He's like, no, we were the greatest team ever. Jamar Chase, amazing wide receiver. I said, well, why'd they lead the NCAA in drops last year? Mm. And then he does this and he walks away. So that's all that happened.
0: So you but, won I, that argument. You just had to put him in his place.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> here's – he's like this – one, LSU fans are going to be like this. You knew they were going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Once Joe Burrow's gone, he's not at a team they like, like the Saints or something. I don't know who LSU fans like. And they're like, the they best. think it was all LSU, and Joe Burrow was just this lucky guy that happened to be along for the ride. And it's going to be a very, very hard wake-up call for all the LSU fans when Ed Orgeron goes 9-3 and three in back-to-back seasons and they have bad quarterback play because that's yep. that's that's what it's about. That's what, it, that is what is about to happen at LSU. They will look back in four years. We will all look back in four years at that LSU run and we'll say, this guy, Joe Burrow, was the number one reason, the number two reason, the three, the four, the five, the six, the seven, the eight, the nine, and the tenth reason for why this team made the national championship. Honestly – I only see one or two other pro bowlers from this LSU team. Hmm. Honestly, I really don't. I think that they were all overvalued because of the season we just saw. And it was because of Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would agree with that. 100%. I don't know if we need to have this 10 year old on later. No. uh, No. After the season, maybe (laughs) LSU season, Bengals season, have him on. You guys can, can continue to fight this out.
1: Well, I kind of feel bad because he got pegged in the face later by a football. Not by me. I didn't do it. But I was standing there. Where did this football come from? (laughs) Came from one of his friends and it smacked him in the face. Mm. And I was like, the hand of Joe Burrow. It guides the ball. The ball guides to the face. The face.
0: Instant karma for you for making fun (laughs) of the Messiah of Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. But, you know, I am – we do the barometer, right, every week. And and we've got a fun show today. Barometer, you know. I guess we'll talk about the Reds. We'll get in that. Um, Luke Fickle, big. What are we calling him? Big what? Big,
0: big thick energy.
1: Big thick energy. You big kidding me? Energy. Big thick energy. I like it. Yeah. yeah. The Joe Burrow stuff, though. On my barometer, Matt, this week. I've been putting it at what eight?
0: You you were at an eight. I was at a nine. You were at an eight.
1: So I was at an eight. For the reason that I didn't know a lot, we hadn't seen it yet in practice. I knew what I expected the kid to do, but my question always was, and this is the progression it's been for Joe Burrow. When I was first introduced to the kid, was in when is at his time at Ohio State. It was the first time I heard about Joe Burrow because I moved to Athens to go to school. I started my little radio career simultaneously while I went to college at the radio station that broadcasted all his games. So they talked about him, talked about him, talked about him. And I'm like, all right, I got to learn everything there is to know about this kid because if he steps on the field at Ohio State, he'll be the number one topic on our show for the next four weeks. And he was the number one topic on our show as a backup at Ohio State. You know, we'd be – every time JT Barrett had a bad game, it'd be like, where's Joe, Burrow? Put him in the game. Call in Joe. And – my main question with him at college football level is, I said, I think he's a great leader, great work ethic, really great accuracy. I just don't know if he can make big-time throws in big-time situations in college football. I think that he can be a really smart distributor, short ball guy, but I don't know if he can make those big-time throws to make him an elite college football player. Yeah. He goes to LSU. I watch him his junior year, and I think, all right, I think he could be a pretty good college football player I, I would say late first, early second, because he's smart. Andy Dalton type player is really what I thought. <laughs> and then the next year, he starts making more and more throws. So he and I'm like, man, I, I went to the Vanderbilt game with 200 people from Athens, and I'm just watching him. And I'm, this guy's a number one pick. This guy can sling it. This guy can fit it in windows. This guy makes the perfect decision every time. I was unbelievably impressed. And then now, my final doubt was. Is the NFL game going to be the last final hurdle hurdle that his arm strength can't get over? The defenders are going to be too fast. The receiver and quarterback connection needs to be perfect, and it won't be right now. And that's what's going to slow him down because the receivers aren't making the right breaks in the perfect spots and the windows are so tight, and he doesn't have the Patrick Mahomes rip it through the whole arm strength. Guess what? apparently he might have something like that because this kid has been perfect i mean this is a perfect camp one or two bad days and on both of those bad days still has great throws and has the same attitude same quotes comes back the next day 10 out of 10 is where my barometer is this guy is 10 out of 10 this guy is the best rookie to enter the nfl at the quarterback position since andrew luck you can quote me on that mm-hmm. put it everywhere Without a doubt. Because let me pull up this article from Andrew Luck. His first practice, his first salvo in practice. You've got players saying, he calmed me down. He's a leader. He's changing the play at the line. He understands the entire playbook. What'd Zach Taylor come out and say today? He has the whole playbook. He's making checks. He's making changes. C.J. Uzama, after calling him a beast, said that this rookie quarterback, who did not have OTAs, didn't have anything, is making checks that a guy that's played 61 NFL games didn't even know they were allowed to check into. Hmm. He is, and he's making the throws. He's putting guys open. And do you notice there are two position groups right now at camp that are doing amazing, the defensive line and the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. The wide receivers are because of Joe Burrow, and the defensive line is because of the offensive line. That's all you need to know about the Cincinnati Bengals. The wide receivers and tight ends, Drew Sample is not good. But he's about to be a productive guy because Joe Burrow, Mike Thomas, who's this? Denzel, this guy, this guy, they're all making catches. And that's what Joe Burrow is going to be his entire career. He's that level of player. He's Andrew Luck-like. He's going to light this league on absolute fire. Will the Bengals be any good? I don't know. He might get sacked six times a game. But Joe Burrow – Get ready! This is going to be the most fun you've had watching a Bengals quarterback ever, Matt. I-
0: wow. I'm serious. Going from not even not even stepping stone into nine on the barometer, you're going no. to be well, I think I I'm I think I'm going to have to join you there. What everything that I've seen, yeah. from Joe Burrow and everything in training camp has been. If he is the next Andrew Luck, my God, watch out.
1: Eleven and five. Now, I mean, that might not happen. That probably won't happen. But here's the thing:
0: you're letting you're letting the barometer get to your head. You're you're so far up here in the ten out of ten
1: now. It's a ten out of ten. It's a ten out of ten. And I think the national media has scooted up to a five. Because here's the thing: the the number one thing you want your number one quarterback to be is better than all the other quarterbacks. And and Joe Burrow is ten steps ahead of Tua right now. Tua barely could read the the defense, was struggling early in camp. I've got a buddy who's a Dolphins fan who reads this stuff every single day. He's a reporter journalist type like me, and he said, yeah, Tua's going to need some time. Burrow's going to be way better early. Now, that doesn't mean Tua's going to be bad, but Tua is a normal rookie. Justin Herbert is a normal rookie. He's getting ate up by the first team. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love is not a normal rookie, but he's got a great arm, and he's a rookie. Joe Burrow – already has earned the starting job and he's got guys on that offense thinking he's going to be the next greatest quarterback ever because the quotes we're hearing are insanity it's not overhype. nobody would ever say this unless they meant it cj i mean these guys are blown away by what joe burrow is doing and that was step number one everybody bought in the entire team is in they think this kid is the goat and and I want to credit the, uh, the Athletic their podcast I was listening to that today and they had the best story I've heard yet from camp Matt and it was the end of practice last drill they do a two-minute drill Joe Burrow goes in the huddle he says okay we're gonna get into this they're gonna show this we'll check into that the next play they'll show this look we'll check into that the next play they'll show that look and we'll check into that this is a rookie quarterback mind you this is not Peyton Manning at 32 right. this, is, this is what's gonna happen It's exactly what happened. He leads the team down the field, sets up a fourth and six from the 27, makes a check at the line, and throws a touchdown pass in a tight window to Auden Tate over a starting cornerback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And ended practice. Now, you can say, oh, it's practice. That stuff doesn't matter. Oh, it's practice. Big deal. It's the Bengals' defense. But in the city of Cincinnati, in that locker room, for his offensive line, his wide receivers, for the defense – that entire team walk, is walking off the field going, this kid's the truth. Yeah. Like, this kid is the truth, and they believe in him. And it's frankly one of the most unique rookie quarterback stories I've ever seen so far through camp, how much they're bought in, how yeah. perfect it feels. And that's why it's 10 out of 10 for me, because he's just been beyond every – reasonable expectation so far through camp. Like, if I had told myself in July this would be happening at camp, I'd have been like, you're going a little crazy. I think his first quarter against the Chargers is going to be rough, and then I think we're going to be in the game, and I think there's a real chance Joe Burrow wins us a game week one against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, it can absolutely happen. And, I mean, news that just dropped on that is that the Bengals were trying to have fans at the stadium. Um, with everything that's happening with COVID in Ohio, there will be no fans at the opener for the Bengals, and no fans at Nippert either, right? No fans at Nippert either. No, um, and I, I I agree with that. I think that that's uh, like there there was already going to be no tailgating around uh, Paul Brown Stadium for the Bengals, and uh, um, f- I mean Joe Burrow his his first NFL start is going to be in front of no fans. So it's gonna be it's gonna be similar to practice in that aspect where you'll be able to hear everything it's just going to be him and calling everything out and all the checks I don't know how much if they're going to be like trying to pump fan noise or stadium noise or anything through that like what they're doing with MLB but um, that's seeing Burrow in we expected to see him in this big wow first NFL game sold out Absurdity, and uh, we're not going to get that, but we could still get to see the greatness that is Joe Burrow put
1: on display. Well, Joe Burrow, I think there's a real comparison here in sports right now, and Joe Burrow, I think is is Luka Doncic. This okay. So here's the similarities between Luka and Burrow. At first glance, they don't look like a great athlete. They're kind of plotting. They're methodical, and you're like. At first glance, like Russell Westbrook jumps off the page. Patrick Mahomes jumps off the page, right? Russell Wilson jumps off the page. Carson Wentz, boom, wow, look at him throw, right? It's just kind of obvious to see. The thing about sports that I absolutely love, and this is why I think once LeBron retires, Luka Doncic and Joe Burrow will be my two favorite humans on the planet, Hmm. you know, outside of my family and my significant other. But those guys – Joe Burrow and Luka Doncic, even though you don't have this initial look of amazing athleticism, they are plenty athletic and they just slow themselves down and slow the game down and just make perfect decisions. That's what their game is based on. This unbelievable intelligence, this dog, this leadership, this ultra hyper competitiveness, no matter what the situation is. Luka and Joe, I think have a lot of similarities there. and, and, I think we're going to see similar results early. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to do the things that Luke is doing with, you know, historic 21-year-old best ever. But Joe Burrow is going to look like a seasoned pro by at least week five. I'm sure there will be some growing pains, some missed throws, some throws he shouldn't make, and it won't be perfect for his rookie year. But there's going to be a lot of games, a lot of quarters, a lot of halves where you sit back and think, man, has Joe Burrow been in the league? about eight, nine years. I mean, what he's doing at the line of scrimmage right now is what Andy Dalton was doing in 2015, four years yeah. into his NFL career. So I think the floor for Joe Burrow this year is 2014-2015 Andy Dalton. Playoff. the floor. That's the floor to me. That's I, the honestly, floor. Okay. This year is 2014-2015 Andy Dalton.
0: Well, let's not try to get too hype.
1: <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep so, it, you know. But the problem is if you transport 2015 Andy Dalton and drop him in to this version of the Bengals, we're going to go six and 10, seven and nine. Yeah, I, 2015 Andy Dalton 70, was an MVP yeah. candidate, but that team was what made it. I mean, Andy Dalton, Andy was just the perfect captain for a beautifully run ship. And it was just, because remember, what was the flaw of that team? It's when they got behind or when the situation got tight. It just – it wasn't Andy making plays. It was the team making plays. Even in the Seahawks comeback, Andy was great. But it was good checks of the line, and it was just nothing where he's the guy bringing it all together. He was amazing. I love Andy Dalton in 2015. But that was the peak of his career, and I think that's the floor of Joe Burrow's career. So if you can put that type of team around Joe Burrow – I mean, he'll do the same thing that Andy did in 2015. The ceiling for Joe Burrow is a Hall of Fame player who wins five to seven MVP awards in a couple Super Bowls. That's legit the ceiling. I mean, right. there's everything you've read. There's nothing I've read to go, well, we've got to take them down a notch from the ceiling. The ceiling has only gone up. And that's a great way to look at young players. You have this idea of what they can be, and you get the stories, and you start to move around the scale. Right. If you're 27 you haven't done anything, well, the scale moves back. If you have as bad of a sophomore year as Baker Mayfield had, there's only one quarterback ever that was as bad their sophomore year as Baker Mayfield just was and made the Hall of Fame, and that's Brett Favre. That's the only yeah. one. So now I've moved my floor ceiling for Baker Mayfield where the ceiling is a Brett Favre guy and the floor is a bust, Johnny Manziel. Yeah. And Joe Burrow's floor to me right now is an Andy Dalton is a game manager, great accuracy, solid, never going to make the Hall of Fame, three, four time pro bowler. And that's pretty good. Like, the fact that's the floor right now, realistically, is pretty damn good. In the ceiling, awesome. Bengals fans, the ceiling is beyond anything in your wildest dreams, what this dude can do. And I'm, awesome. I'm not trying to like, be overhyped but I'm serious some like we all need to get excited and get excited quick
0: now as cincinnati sports fans we will <laughs> we will get hopeful we will get cautiously optimistic at the beginning of every season you are trying to put you're you're taking taking it all the way up here that's a long fall if you try to bring it all the way up here and that and that is not how the season progresses but i can <laughs> see i can see with with all of this going on in your head and then you have a 10-year-old coming up to you going, Joe Burrow sucks. I'm surprised you didn't actually <laughs> throw anything at him.
1: No, I didn't throw anything. Well, I, I, again, Bengals fans, it's not it's about not the record bad. this year. This, this is not a good football team in a lot of areas. This linebacking core, Joe Burrow is not going to be affected by no OTAs. This line's linebacking, it's about to look real rough. The Chargers could throw Justin Herbert out there and run boot. Every play and let Herbert run, and he's going to average six yards a carry because there's not a linebacker that can tackle him. Yeah, There's not. It's not. Lamar Jackson is going to run for over 100 yards on our defense. Mm-hmm. Our linebackers are horrific. They are awful. They are really bad. The secondary is league average to maybe top 10 at its height. The defensive line is not top five, could be top 10. The offensive line, I think, on the left side could be average, and on the right side, I'm sure I could get by Bobby Hart one out of ten times. And I'm six foot three, two hundred ten pounds. Okay, yeah, I,
0: I could too. That that should be a fun game that they do to bring fans back in. See if you can get by Bobby Hart.
1: Bob, I'd rather pay Andy seven million to pay, play in Dallas than pay seven million to Bobby Hart to pretend to block on the right side of the line half the time. But. That's another weakness, but the skill position players are great. It's just about how good Joe Burrow is. I think if Joe Burrow hits my expectations for what he is, there are seven and nine to a nine and seven football team, depending if the ball bounces their way in turnovers or a field goal, you know, football, that Mm -hmm. type of stuff. If Joe Burrow is above what I think he can be, which is above rookie year Andrew Luck, which I'm not taking off the table. I just doubt it. And he really, like, because here's a here's something we should consider, Matt. Did Urban Meyer screw up at Ohio State? Should Joe Burrow have been the quarterback his sophomore year at Ohio State? Should Joe Burrow have been taking these leaps of progression earlier in his career? This is something nobody's considered yet because – What everybody says, well, he couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. Let me tell you, there are people that watched every snap in that camp, and the Burrow family, they think and truly believe, and they'll tell you till the end of the time, that they think Joe Burrow won over Dwayne Haskins in camp. But do you know who recruited Dwayne Haskins? Urban Meyer. You know who recruited Joe Burrow? Tom Herman. Who wasn't there when the decision was to be made? Tom Herman. JT Barrett was this great captain guy. I just think that Joe Burrow should have been the starter at Ohio State much earlier. And what if this version of Joe Burrow heading into 24, what if he would have been drafted his junior year and this were his sophomore year in the NFL? Do you see that progression? So what if he's just, what if he's the biggest miss in terms of a college football team ever? And he's gotten all this development and now this is his rookie year in the NFL. But it's really his sophomore year, like we've seen Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and all these guys have, and he blows this thing out of the water. I'm not taking it off the table. A.J. Green could have 1,300 receiving yards, and Joe Burrow could throw 30 touchdowns. That's really within the realm of possibility. Do you think it'll happen? No. Am I going to predict it'll happen? No. Am I going to put Joe Burrow as my starting quarterback on my fantasy team? No. But it's on the table, and that's amazing.
0: I might take him. I might take him in fantasy. Oh, I'm
1: taking him. But not starting.
0: <laughs> Just as the backup? I, yeah. I mean, everything that you're saying with Ohio State, we can go back and forth all day with how that could have been and if that would have affected his, his absurd senior year season that he had. And I, I think that everything that happened at Ohio State went into the chip on his shoulder of playing yeah. at LSU and proving himself, trying to show you made a mistake. Look at what I can do. Look at what I could have done for you. And now I'm doing it for somebody else. And I think that that can only help the Bengals, especially with Cincinnati and the Bengals in general being this, no one can help you, not even Joe Burrow. And then he goes, you know what? I've I've been in this point before. I think all I need to do is show you what I can do. And if the rest of the team comes around me, we're going to do great things.
1: Yeah, I think leaving – because Joe Burrow turns around programs. I mean, at Athens High School, there had been rare, if ever, Division I football players come out of that high school. It's in southeast Ohio. It's flyover territory. Every time there was a great player, they'd get a token walk-on at Ohio University. There's not D1 talent coming out of there. Joe Burrow walks in to that program – Isn't even supposed to be the quarterback his sophomore year. Some dude named Geronimo who moved to California in the summer leaves the starting job. So they give it to Burrow, this plucky sophomore. And the kid throws 49 touchdowns his first year in high school football as a 15 year old kid. Broke the the school record year one, yardage two. And every day in the off season, after they go dominate the basketball floor as well, Joe Burrow is working with 13, 14 high school kids, like it's NFL. They're studying film. He's breaking – he's with his defensive coordinator dad. He's learning football. He's having this NFL approach. And do you know how many D1 players came off that Joe Burrow team? Six.
0: I was going to say four. Six?
1: Six Six Division I players. His two receivers became tight ends in the Mid-American Conference. His running back became a starting – Defensive back at Northwestern, obviously Joe Burrow went, and Zakiya Saltzman ended up playing at Georgetown. Mm. It was – I don't think that's random. I don't think Athens got random talent. I think they had this amazing player who everybody looked around and said, man, we can be great, and he elevated them. Elevated them. That's what happened them, at yes. LSU. And then we saw it at LSU. This Bolligard program who's never had success, couldn't find a quarterback if it hit him in the face. Never get past Alabama. Never have an offense. Never run anything out of the shotgun, even. And Joe Burrow makes them the greatest offense in college football history, and and that's what ticked me off about this ten-year-old because he's like every other LSU fan, and they think it's just their great program. Oh, we're a great program. No, you had the greatest college quarterback ever. Yeah, and he walked through your doors, and he blessed you with a national championship. Enjoy it, because you're not getting another one. Until another guy like that walks through the door,
0: exactly. I'm glad you put that ten year old in his place. <laughs> and if and ten year old, if you are listening to this podcast right now, we would be happy to have you on to continue. <laughs> no. This guy, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, let's do a quick. We'll go. Uh, we'll go Reds. And you want to red talk red red Reds real quick here? I just want to know. We don't have to. We don't have to really talk Reds. You can keep that on the ground. I want to know the reds are at what 11 and 15 11 and 16 right 16. now 16 11 and 16 what like do matters. the reds have to do over the next week to to have you uh, have you come back and want to talk, want to talk about them again
1: Win every game
0: they got to win every game from every now game. until next
1: Tuesday uh, every game or 6 and 1 okay cuz it's really it's getting bad i mean this is this is embarrassing stuff Really, every single player and every single person in that front office, and especially David Bell, should be embarrassed by how this team's playing. They are the biggest disappointment in Major League Baseball, and they have had so many close, winnable games that they've decided not to care about. Where we're, we're. I mean, seriously, this looks like spring training lineups, spring training pinch hitters. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. They're acting like it's a 390 game season. It's an embarrassment the fact that you're 11 and 16 it's just it's embarrassing everybody should feel embarrassed everybody the fact yeah. that this much money was spent for me to watch this i mean it's top to bottom it's embarrassing it's we awful. we
0: bought we bought into it again thinking that you know hey this short season might help the reds out they're not going to have that after the all star game slump or whatever they'll be in it for 60 games and now it is to the point where they cannot just continue to sleepwalk through these series and go, oh, well, we didn't have any hitting, and, well, the pitchers did great and the bullpen blew it. I don't know. Did you watch any of David Bell's post-game interviews?
1: No. I mean, not right now. Don't
0: don't watch them because they're just going to piss you off.
1: Because, listen, if I read – if you're a manager or a coach, because here's the thing, I don't listen to a lot of coach and player quotes – they're mostly the same answers. I've done hundreds of coach player interviews, and it's like it's like going to the dentist and trying to pull a tooth out, trying to get anybody to say anything interesting. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Listen, that's a good thing. I don't want drama every day in the media. But some of David Bell's quotes, when I just read them at face value, it makes me want to throw my phone across the room. Like, seriously. I, I'm – i yeah dusty baker is so missed so missed i i I don't even brian price i i don't have words i can't come up with them because i'm just
0: on that no more reds don't keep that vein in your forehead we're not talking about the reds anymore we'll do a quick uh big thick energy I was not expecting to wake up this morning to good Bearcats news, but this is fantastic. Um, Fickle staying through 2026. Um, let's see, $3.4 million annually added to his salary with his contract extension. Uh, Ohio State's not playing. Bearcats are still playing with no fans. I, I don't care what happens. Put them in a bubble. I want Bearcats football this year, and I am excited.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for the Bearcats, too. And it'll be really interesting and unique opportunity. I mean, remember, events like this, like a pandemic where everything's different, it changes the world often, and often in ways we're not even sure of yet. So is this the recruiting boost Cincinnati needs to get all those high school kids from – I mean, Ohio is a beautiful high school football state. If you lose everybody to Ohio State or SEC schools, that's a problem for Cincinnati. Luke Fickle's done a great job of biting into that recruiting base. If he can take another chunk because he's the only game in town this fall, I mean, you're looking at something really interesting where Cincinnati becomes – and look, there could be conference realignment. We don't know what's going to happen. Could Cincinnati fall into a power five? Yeah. I mean, there's, all that stuff can be realistically discussed in some sort of way. With Bearcats football this fall. So if Luke Fickle continues doing a good job, good job recruiting, this could be a window. This could be a sea change in football over the next 10 years to where maybe Bearcats football doesn't surpass Ohio State. I don't think that'll ever happen. But start to get really competitive and start to really bite at the ankles more than any team has ever done in the history of the state.